Hey there, it's Bashi Sarah. Welcome back to Post Blog. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, like button, follow button, share button, all the buttons to stay connected with the Post Blog podcast. And for those of you who this is not your first time, welcome back. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back. Like I said in my intro that always plays before every single episode. Welcome back to the Post Blog podcast. So it's almost the middle of May. If not, it is the middle of May. And life just seems to be moving pretty fast. And with that, there are a lot of things that I'm sure you guys have wanted to accomplish this year, or at least the beginning of this year, there are things that you wanted to do, whether it be something pretty small, and that could be apologizing to someone, it could be something grander, it could be, you know, accomplishing a big goal or starting the the beginning process of accomplishing a big goal. So with that said, that leads into very perfectly today's topic, which is you're just not desperate enough. You know, the whole topic of being desperate, the whole idea of striving after your dream or doing something big or doing something that's difficult to do is it can rub people the wrong way because a lot of the times we have a reason as to why we have not done what we set out to do. There's a reason why life has held up back. There, there's a reason why we have not apologized. There's a reason why we haven't started our dream or that process towards our dream. There's a reason why we have not accepted Christ. There's a reason why, and the list goes on. But a lot of the times our reasoning, that word reason, is actually an excuse. And we should replace it with our excuse is because whatever it may be. But we don't want to admit that. We don't want to admit that our reasoning is actually an excuse in order to get away from accomplishing something or in order to not have that hard conversation or in order to not have your name or your identity or your your persona seem as one that has failed because you didn't set out or you didn't execute what you needed to do. But if we're being honest, it's an excuse. And the Bible has a lot to say about excuses. It has a lot to say about doing what you have set out to do. You know, as Christians, we are new creations in Christ and we should strive to live out that personhood of Christianity. We should strive to live out the way of Christ. And the way of Christ is always true and is always one that walks in completion. But yet we don't do that. We don't do that as Christians. We come up with grand reasons and, and, and explanations as to why we don't do what we said we were going to do. You know, Joyce Meyer said, don't give an excuse or don't give into excuses that can keep you from really living the best life God has for you. In other words, be stronger than your excuses because excuses are somewhat of a disease. We can be so accustomed to our excuses that we actually believe them. I can't because I'm not smart enough. I can't because I don't have the finances. I can't because someone else is already doing it. I can't because it's too hard. I can't because my family won't accept it. I can't because she will never forgive me. I can't because, and the list goes on. And it's a disease. We end up starting believing and living our lie. 
and we say these are reasons why we can't do certain things. These are reasons why our life is the way it is. These are the reasons why. And we believe these reasons. But yet there are excuses that form a disease in our mind and in our heart that constrict us from living the best life God has for us. But we need to be stronger than our excuses. How do we do that? Well, we find strength in the Lord. And that sounds so much easier said than done. But it's true. We find our strength. We glean our strength from the Lord. If he is our everything, if he is our source, then we have strength. But before I get into that, I want to share a story. I want to share a story about a woman that I admire. And this woman is in the Bible. And you can find and read about her in Mark chapter 5. This woman had an issue of blood and the idea here or what theology or theologians suggest is that woman who never had a name, she had continual bleeding for 12 years. And by Jewish law, this continual bleeding or menstruating for women, you know how difficult this is whenever that time of month comes. She was viewed as ceremonially unclean. In order to be regarded as clean, the flow of blood would need to stop for at least seven days. So because she was unclean, she was not able to enter the temple, the Jewish religious ceremonies. She was basically outcasted. And due to her illness, anyone who touched her would become unclean as well. So no one wanted to be around her. I bet her own family didn't want to be around her. And this happened for 12 years. For most women, you know, our period lasts between five to seven days. And for other women, they have irregular bleeding. But for this woman, it wasn't a five to seven day time frame. She never had a break for 12 years. So you can imagine bleeding on its own is very difficult for a woman when they go through their monthly cycle. Because, you know, you're shedding blood, you feel gross, you feel disgusting. And then apart from that, you're bloated. There, There's pain that comes with that. You're losing nutrients from your body and, you know, all of that. And then having people shunning you. This woman went through a really, really tough time. And you know, the crazy part is for 12 years, she had this issue of blood. You'd expect her to have all the excuses in the world to just give up. You'd expect her to have reasons as to why she wouldn't seek out help. Reasons as to why to, to, you know, just let Jesus be. Let him just walk through the crowd. You'd expect her to have excuses. And grand reasons she had all, I mean, she had the right excuses to just sit there and say to herself, you know, this is my life. It is what it is. Life's never going to change. And just wallow in what reality had dealt her. You know, what did she do? In Mark 5, even after 12 years of turmoil, first of all, it's a miracle that she's even alive from shedding blood for 12 years. But even After 12 years, she found the strength in her to crawl and touch the hem of Jesus's garments. And instantly she was healed. You know, there's more to the story. Jesus turns around. Who touched me? The disciples are like, what? What do you mean? There's a crowd around us. What do you mean? Who touched you? There's so many people. But Jesus understood. He he felt power withdrew from him. 
And he told the woman, your faith has healed you. And faith in this form came through desperation. She was desperate enough to believe that despite going through this ailment for 12 years, she could find healing. She was desperate enough, despite going through this ailment for 12 years and probably seeking help after help after help and always receiving that door closed in front of her face. She was desperate enough to still knock on one more door. She was desperate. Sometimes I wonder looking around and hearing different people talk about their life issues. And this is by no means me trying to judge anyone because everyone has their own story, has their own issue. However, I know from personal experience where I come up with all these grand reasons as to why I don't do certain things. But in reality, I'm just not desperate enough for change. I'm just not desperate enough for an answer. I'm just not desperate enough. And I wonder if the catalyst for change lies not in our outward circumstances, but rather in the way we think, utilize our time, and what we speak over our life. Oftentimes we think the catalyst for change lies in money. If I only had enough money, I'll be happy. If I only had enough money, things would be different. But you know what? You've programmed your brain to believe a lie and to live in a disease of excuses that even if your outward circumstances change inwardly, you will not change. I wonder if the catalyst for change is in the way we think, is in the way we utilize our time, what we speak over our life. I'm too dumb. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too old, I'm too young. And the list goes on. What if the catalyst for change in our lives is us just being desperate enough, desperate for change, desperate for hope, desperate to see and believe there is a difference and life can be different. You know, so many of us walk around and we expect life to just be handed to us. We expect things to be worked out a certain way. But can I be honest with you? That's not how life works. That's never how life works. I mean, if it worked for you once, props to you, kudos to you. That's awesome. Tell me your secret. But I know that we live in a fallen world and with living in a world of sin, there will be things that happen to us that we cannot even explain. But our procrastination our laziness, our lack of faith, our blame game, our excuses for not doing what we know we need to be doing, that's on you, my friend. That's not on God. That's on you. You know, people who are good at making excuses is pretty much never good at doing anything else. Ouch. I know that hurts, but don't blame me. Benjamin Franklin said that. When we're so filled with excuses, that's all we see, that's all, that's, our laser vision is filled on what we cannot do and why we cannot do certain things, we're pretty much not good for anything else. Why? Because our focus is on the possibility of something not happen, rather shifting our focus and saying, you know what, this can happen if I get up and do it. This can happen if I quit being lazy, if I quit making excuses, if I quit procrastinating. And it boils down to you. It boils down to me. That's not to take Jesus or God away from the equation. 
God is there. God is in the midst of you being lazy and he's in the midst of you doing what you need to do. But you know what God is pleased about when we're good stewards of our time, when we're good stewards of our resources, when we're good stewards of our life. And too often we are rebellious, filled with excuses, doing nothing because we're just not desperate enough. We're just not eager enough. And I know some of y'all might be saying, Vashti, but you don't know my life. You don't know what I'm doing. You don't know how much I've tried. Try again. Jared and I in the recent months have been hit left and right, back to back to back with different challenges, whether it be health, financially, emotionally, with our jobs, whatever it may be, we've been hit left and right. And the last time we had another door shut in her face or it just didn't work out. Jared and I crying before the Lord, Jared asked me to pray. And my prayer was, God, before you change anything around us, before you change our circumstance, change us first. Let it start inside Let there be an internal change before you change your circumstances. And Jared looked at me after I prayed and he said, that's what I needed. Because I realized even if my circumstance change right now, my heart would still feel the same. My heart would still be yucky and gross. But that outcry of desperation starts within The outcry of desperation is not a matter of our outward circumstances. It boils down and it begins first inwardly. So my question to you is, are you desperate? Are you desperate for change? Are you desperate for change in your home? If you are, it begins in you first. Are you desperate for change in your job, in your workplace If you are, it begins in you first. Are you desperate for change in your personal goals and dreams and aspiration? If you are, it begins in you first. If you're desperate for change in your relationship, if you are, it begins in you first. Because if it doesn't begin in you, then nothing's going to change. You'll still be lazy. You'll still be filled with excuses. You'll still have all the grand reasons as to why you cannot forgive, cannot let go, cannot begin, cannot, whatever it may be, whatever your circumstances is, whatever it is that this podcast relates to with you, it will never happen until it begins with you. The woman with the issue of blood is the perfect example of what desperation looks like, what never giving up looks like, what, what true faith looks like. That woman with an issue of blood She was desperate. Despite going through 12 years of the same thing, she was desperate. So my challenge to you is, first, figure out truly if you're desperate enough for change. If you're not, then nothing's going to change for you. And that sounds like doomsday. I'm going to apologize. I don't want to put you (laughs) into a deeper rut. But this is real talk. A lot of times we are where we are because we placed ourselves there. We, it starts with me, it starts with you, it starts with us to truly be desperate enough for change, to truly want our circumstances to change, it begins inward. 
how you think, how you utilize your time, and what you speak over your life. I just wonder if you and I were desperate enough what we can do, the kind of world changers we can be if we were desperate enough. You know, God is good and he's equipped us with everything that we need. That's not to say it's going to be easy going after your dreams. That's not to say it's going to be easy asking for forgiveness. That's not to say it's going to be easy seeking reconciliation or seeking out a new job or an opportunity or ending a relationship that you know you should have ended a long time ago. That's not to say that any of it's going to be easy, but it does say that you have been equipped. And by being equipped, it might be hard, it might be challenging, but you'll get through it. You know, the word of God says in Matthew, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. It begins within. Seek him first. When you seek him first, your circumstances will eventually change because you start changing. (laughs) Seek God first. Quit making excuses or reasons as to why you're not doing what you know you should be doing. Don't give into excuses. You are stronger than your excuses. Don't let the idea of an excuse or a reason to justify what you have not done become a disease over your life. The catalyst for change begins in you. The catalyst for a difference begins in you. The catalyst for your outward circumstances to shift begins in you first. You got this, my friend. You got this. But it begins with you. That's it for today, guys. Thank you for joining me on Post Blog. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, like button, follow button, share button, all the buttons to stay connected with the Post Blog podcast. Same time, same place next week. I love y'all. But remember, God loves you most.